Hello, welcome everybody to our next lesson of Healing University. I'm really excited to be able to share with you. I know that you've been already hearing some tremendous ministers. I know Andrew has already shared with you. Um, I got to share a lesson with you already on God's love, and I just love that. I kept, even afterwards, I was like, oh my gosh, I needed more time. There's just so much on God's love. I know you got blessed by that. Also, you've already heard from Greg. And last lesson, lesson five, you got to hear from Andrew Walmack. And you know what? When he shared about healing for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body, I think honestly, um, when you listen to Andrew Walmack, and I know many of you have in the past, or maybe you're just being introduced to him, this ministry absolutely has this message of the grace of God, but also spirit, soul, and body, just to realize what you have. And so I'm excited to be able to share lesson number six with you. Excuse me, I'm going to talk about the true nature of God. And I think this is absolutely an important and vital topic. And so this is lesson six in section one, this first section of Healing University. We have three amazing uh, sections for you. You're going to be super, super blessed. But I'm going to be sharing with you about the true nature of God today. You know, one of the things that I have found is that besides uh, God's love, which I believe is a number one um, truth that the enemy tries to destroy, tries to get us to believe that God doesn't love us. And uh, right coupled with that same lie is this lie about God's nature. And so when we are talking about healing as we are going through with you, as we're walking in these truths with you and teaching you as you're sitting there in your home, maybe you're in a group there at church or in your home watching this together. This is important that we understand the very, not just the truths of God's word, right? This is absolutely vital because that's where our deliverance, our, our prosperity, our victory lies. But also you and I need to realize the lies of the enemy. So, because if we don't talk about the lies of the enemy, then what happens is whenever he tries again to lie, we don't recognize it. And so what I have found is the closer that I know my God, I always say this, the more I know God, who he really is, I mean his nature, his character, his behavior, his works and his ways. When I recognize that about God, guess what? It is super, super, super easy to understand the enemy because it's so blaringly obvious at that point. That's not my God. My God wouldn't say that to me. That's not God's heart towards me. God would never do that towards me. And because the enemy knows that if we know God and we have relationship with him and we have this boldness to run to him, then his lies have no power. So what he tries to do is put this lie into the body that says, well, you know, God's this harsh, punishing dictator who lives in heaven and he has this of persecution, consequences, sickness, uh, uh, poverty, whatever it is. And if you do wrong, man, he, you just never know when he's going to take that stick and just bat your life over with it. And you're going to go tumbling around in chaos. I'll just tell you right now, that is not the heart of God. That's why the enemy has made it so aggressive though, because why would we run to a God that we feel is gonna punish us, that we're never gonna be good enough for, right? That's what the thing about religion, that's why you can, you can be a Christian for years, but get stuck in religion because religion has some of these subtle lies that, well, we've gotta do, we've gotta be, we've gotta earn, we've gotta maintain, we've gotta strive forward to earn these things. And if we don't, well, then we're not good enough. And if we're not good enough, obviously, then we get punished, right? 
No, I'll just tell you right now, the finished work of the cross, the, the message of God's grace, his unconditional grace towards you that says it's my love towards you. If you go back to my lesson, I believe it's lesson three, I shared on God's love for you. This absolutely is a, a, is a foundational message that when you know how much God loves you, then you start to realize who he really is. He's this father who said, listen, I love you so much. I give of myself. I give myself to you. I'm going to die for you so that you can have intimacy with me. You can have relationship with me so that you can, as it says in Hebrews, you can throw open the door, run boldly into the throne room of grace, jump on his lap and receive mercy and help in your time of need. It doesn't say that we go before the father when we've done everything right. My list is done. I've been good. I haven't swore. I didn't kick the dog. I was nice to my kids and husband. I served in church. I gave some money. Okay, everything's good. Now I can go ask God to heal me, to bless me, to prosper me. That is not what that scripture says. It says that we run boldly to him in our time of need. When we need mercy, you know what that means? When you and I've made mistakes, when we've royally just blown up our day, or we just sow just really bad seed into a conversation or relationship. He says, listen, I love you so much, I made a way. And I, I'm a good God. So even in the middle of your mistakes, your messy mistakes, right? We've all made messy mistakes that continue to kind of, have you ever made a messy mistake that continues to multiply? <laughs> One mistake that, oh my gosh, leads to this, that leads to this. And you think, oh my gosh, this got out of hand. And then the enemy will tell you, well, now God will never heal you now. God can never hear you now. Oh my goodness. It's in that moment with this revelation that, hey, I am the loved of God. He's a good father. He's, his nature towards me is only good and it's only blessing. That in the middle of that white hot mess, right, do you run to him? That's awesome. Because then it's only in running to him that we can get and we can receive and he can start speaking to us. Honey, you've already run the battle. Guess what? This sin, this temptation, this, this frustration you just blew up on, this whatever it was, my grace is more than enough. My love is more than enough. My word and my promises are more than enough. And ultimately, my blood conquered that sin and that death. My blood conquered every lie the enemy's trying to tell you about yourself and trying to tell you about me. And so when we understand this about the nature of God, all of a sudden, when we start running to him, we're not... Constantly wondering, is it going to happen? Can he hear me? Will he do this? So this message on the true nature of God is absolutely vital. Now, I want to go over something that in the last, in, uh, last lesson, Andrew Womack had shared about that there's healing for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. And I just love this message of spirit, soul, and body. You know, it's probably one of the things that I can say has been, outside of understanding God's love for me, has been the defining revelation that has got me to a place of understanding truly who I am in Christ. And so when, I, when we realize, okay, spirit, soul, and body, the love of God, the true nature of God, these are not separate categories. These are not separate concepts. You know, one of the things I love here about Karis Bible College is that these, these lessons, uh, God's love for us, spirit, soul, and body, uh, true nature of God, all these, all these main basic foundations 
are the foundations of the whole Bible school, especially that year one, you, you rebuild your foundations so radically that then you can start understanding all the rest of the word because it's based on those foundations. And so my husband and I teach a course called Life Foundations and, and we cover six main things. And so some of the things you've already been hearing are already three of those things that God's love for you, not your love for God, God's love for you, but then this aspect of who you are, spirit, soul, and body. That you have the spirit of God living inside of you. And I'm not going to steal Andrew's message or or recap it again. But I just want to build on it in talking about the true nature of God. Because when you realize that you have the spirit of God inside of you. We also need to grow in this revelation. Well, who is God? Because if God is a harsh and punishing God. And that's who's living in me. It doesn't make sense, does it? Why would he put something in, in us that is not good? He would never give you something that was good and cruel and harsh and punishing and dictating. That's not your new identity in Christ. He said, I put myself in you. So he's wanting us to see who he really is, his nature and his character for us to understand this. One of those scriptures, and I love, I love this verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Um, and it's always been something that the spirit of God will just stir up in my heart and remind me. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. These are absolutely tremendous verses and you could break it down and you could have all just we could teach this whole hour just on that verse. Because there's so many important things in that verse. One of the things it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God loves us so much. He says, I love you so much. I think about good things for you. I have plans for you, declares the Lord. And I love this because it's like, it's not your plans. God says, I have plans for you. And they're so much better than what you and I could believe about ourselves. And he says, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Now, this is really, really important, not to harm you. Because again, this, this, this dynamic of the lies enemy says, okay, God is, is a sovereign God and he can do whatever he wants. And if that means that he wants to kill your children or get you in a car accident or cause you to go in poverty and debt to teach you something, well, then that is the prerogative of an almighty God. Well, then why, why would anybody want to serve that? Why would he die so that people could receive him if that's what they're gonna, who they're going to serve? No. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't even make sense in the natural, yet somehow we believe that lie spiritually. That, well, you know, I guess God is God, so if he wants to hurt me, he can. He says, listen, I have plans to prosper you, not, N-O-T, not to harm you. Guess what? Sickness is not a blessing. Is it? Is sickness? Think about it. Is sickness a blessing in your life? Do you love waking up in the morning being like, oh, yeah. Woo, sore back. Love that. Yeah, good. All right, headache. All right, got a headache for the day. Woo! Disease and sickness. Yeah, come on, bring it on, baby. Do any of us say that? Do we look at our child that's sick and coughing and hurting and aching and the doctors declaring things and go, well, isn't that just awesome? Aren't you just the best, honey? 
Really? <laughs> we don't do that, do we? We, we? we see it as a hindrance. We see it as a frustration. We see it, see it as something that truly brings discouragement and frustration to our dreams and our hopes and our families. We ache. You ache for your children and you wish you could take it. You look at, you look, I look at my children and, and praise God we've never had a serious illness but I know when we were growing up, boy, my sister had got diagnosed with a disease and uh, she, was, she was supposed to die. Same sister got brain cancer uh, not long ago and had to have a massive brain surgery. I mean, I look at her and I love her so much. I wanted those. I will take those things. And God says, listen, honey, I already did. That's awesome. We do. We never see sickness. We never see poverty. We never see, okay, do I have to get bread or cheese, but I can't get both of them? I, let's see, do I pay my electric bill or do I pay my heating bill? Which one's more important right now? Do I pay uh, for food or do I pay for gas? That's never a blessing. That never brings joy to our hearts. And yet somehow we think that God's doing that. That doesn't bring joy to God. It doesn't bring joy to us. He says, listen, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And so we got to start looking at sickness and poverty and all these other attacks and say, that is not my God. That is not the heart of my father. See, when you start to recognize what is God, then when new situations start to rise up, you'll be able to look at it and say, this is not God. And I'll just tell you right now, <laughs> when you know your God, all of a sudden you will start to operate in a greater level of authority. And in later, in later sections, we're going to teach you about operating in authority. But I really want to touch on it right now because here's the thing. With the spirit of God inside of you, okay, so this good, good father that only has plans to prosper you, has only plans to, to, to bless you and to give you everlasting life, right? If this same good, good God is in you because when you and I received Christ Jesus, the spirit of God came to live inside of you and I. So if this good, good father is living within us, then we can look at all the things that are not good and speak to those things with authority and say, this is not God. This is the enemy. See, when you're able to recognize God and the enemy, whoo, wow, man, your advantage your ability to have perspective and authority just went to a whole other level. John chapter 10, verse 10. I think this is one of the most important scriptures that you and I can get when it comes to the true nature of God. Excuse me. Turn to, in your Bible, and I, and I want you guys to keep looking at these verses as we're going through it. John chapter 10, verse 10. I want, to, I want to read it out to you. I don't want to just, I just want to quote it. John chapter 10, verse 10. This is one of the first scriptures. Well, this was probably one of the second scriptures. The first scripture that I ever learned in the Russian language was Bogies Lubov, which was God is love. Absolutely vital. Second verse I learned was this. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal to kill and to destroy. I have come, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it 
more abundantly. And I love it in Russian, it says, the word abundantly is zbytkom. And I loved it because this word zbytkom had this like attitude to it. Like, not just like, yeah, not just a little bit, zbytkom, with abundance. And I loved saying this verse in Russia whenever I was preaching because the thing was, is there, there was this concept, and this is not just in Russia, this is not just in other, you know, communist, former communist nations, but this can happen in your own heart, in your own home, that we think that, oh, there's these bad things that are happening because God's trying to teach us something. And this scripture absolutely destroys that lie. It says, the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if any attack of your life right now is falling into that category, guess who it is? It's the devil. If anything in your category is producing life and abundance and peace and joy, guess who that's from? That's from God. Very good. This is the biggest thing we always use to preach. Okay. Here it is. Powerful. Don't miss it. God is good. Devil is bad. Period. It's an absolutely life-changing revelation. You know what? God will never harm me. He only has plans to prosper me, to give me a hope, and to give me a future. Guess what? Sickness tries to steal your future. Sickness will eat at your hope. Because you'll think, oh man, I'd love, oh, I'd love to take my kids to Disney World. Well, I don't know. It just depends on how I'm feeling. Well, it depends on what the doctor's report says. Well, it depends on, you know, my back's so sore. We probably couldn't walk around the park or definitely couldn't ride those roller coasters. And even completely healed and sick, I'm not going to get on the spinning rides. I've just told my husband, you have all the spinning rides. So either way, guess what? Sickness will try to steal your hope of what could be, might be, should be in your life for your marriage, your family, your kids, your job, right? He's trying to steal your future and your hope. God says he has only a future and a hope for you. Things that are, uh, I love this, in, in um, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, for he wants to do immeasurably. He says he wants to do immeasurably above all that we could ask or think according to his power at work within us. He says, listen, I put myself within you. I'm a good God. I'm a mighty God. I'm a saving God. I'm a righteous God. I'm a holy God. I'm a healing God. I'm a rich God. I'm a loving God. I'm a forgiving God. He said, that's who I am. He says, I've put that now within you. And that's your position. That's your place. That's your power. And he says, because of that power inside of you, because of now you know who you really are, because you see me for who I really am, says the Lord, because you know this, whoo, he says, now I want to do immeasurably above all that you could ask or think. He said, dream, honey, absolutely dream. Think big, think mighty. He said, and because of me inside of you, because of this good, good God inside of you, I want to even show off more than you could dream for yourself. Amen. I've totally got into preaching now. Amen. This is, this is, man, this is the goodness of God. This is why the enemy's trying to tell you that you can't trust God. Well, you know, God's just a flighty God. He's in a good mood one minute and in a bad mood the next minute. If God was really good, if he really loved you, if he really loved his children, then these bad things wouldn't happen. 
And we can believe that lie and think, yeah, if he is a good God, if he is a big God, then yeah, why are these bad things happening? I'll tell you why. Because we have an enemy, an aggressive, violent, horrid enemy that only, only has plans to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his whole motive. And there are people in this world, there's, we live in a fallen world, and yes, Jesus died on the cross, but he didn't, he didn't, he couldn't heal the whole earth, the whole earth. There were still people that wouldn't receive him. And he provided us all. His grace has been shed abroad. His grace has been shed abroad so that everyone through faith might receive that and experience all the healing, all the salvation, all the righteousness that that cross provided. But he also knows there's people who, who haven't, won't, didn't yet accept that. And because of that, their sin and the consequences of sin and death still reign in many people's lives. As many times their consequences and their sin spills over onto the rest of us in just this world. But he says, watch me. He said, run to me. Know that I'm a good God. And watch me in the midst of everything the enemy's trying to do within this world or even trying to bring against you. Watch me be good. Watch me prosper you and give you a future and hope even in the midst of this fallen world. That's the goodness of God. So instead of saying, God, if you love me, none of this would happen. No, God, you love me and gave me a way to receive you. You gave me free will. So Lord, I thank you that I get to choose you. And with that same free will, now I get to believe and choose that he's good, that he's good to you and I every single day. Amen. And when you know that, then you come from this position in this place of authority. God is good and the devil is bad. So when you start seeing evil, you don't just say, God, where are you? You say, God, you're in me. And now I get to speak to those things. I get to touch those things. I get to proclaim those things. And now I start to have dreams and hope and this absolute God fire in me that I'm going to be used by God to change these things because God lives within me. And he's a good God. So God can use me to do good. That's what God sees in your life. He sees himself inside of you. That's why this message about spirit, soul, and body that Andrew had shared last lesson is so absolutely vital that we get a hold of that. So then we start realizing, okay, God's nature. He's a good God. And one of the things I want to concentrate on today is just some of these aspects of healing. When you look at like what I, what I've done is, you know, as I've studied about God and just say, God, who are you? You know, God, and you know, he's, he's, it's amazing how I remember as, as different times. And again, I, I've known the Lord since I was six years old. I got, um, I received Jesus and then I got spirit filled when I was seven. And I grew up in a great church, praise God, that was teaching the word. They weren't teaching religion. So that was such a blessing. But one of the things, you know, is as I started to get to know God and as I grew up, you know, there were different dynamics, you know, Jesus is my savior right? Jesus is my savior and Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. And then there came this place where I started an understanding that I received Jesus into my heart because I didn't want to die and go to hell, right? I, I started to receive also this revelation that God is my, God is a father. God's a father. And that was a really important, now, I, I, I grew up with a very, a, a good dad, um, but there was, there's still any, any father you've ever had. And I'll just tell you, you've all got experiences, some good, some bad, some, eh, you know, they weren't, they weren't really amazing, but they weren't horrid either. You know, we're all at different categories. 
And there's still things that you might have been disappointed that you wish your father had provided you earthly father. And so sometimes what we do is we'll compare God the father to our earthly father and just think, well, that's God's level. I'll just tell you God's level of fatherhood, God's level of being a dad, God's level of, of absolutely, God's level of his love is completely different than anything you and I have ever experienced, good or bad. Absolutely, it's just... It's out of this world. And so my own story was as I, as I started to understand and grow in my relationship with God, I started to realize he was a father. So that meant I could run to him. I didn't have to be afraid of him. And, and would he teach me? Yeah, absolutely. Were there things that I did wrong and I could feel the spirit of God saying, Carrie, that wasn't me. And I'd be like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I started to realize that the, the goodness of God and how he corrected me, but he never corrected me. He never corrected me by... You know, me getting hit by a car, me getting sickness. He didn't correct me. See, sometimes people think, well, you know, God chastens the one whom he loves. Yeah, and God will chasten us. But there's a difference between chastening, saying, hey, this is not the way to go. I chasten my children, right? I say, hey, hey, stop hitting your sister. Hey, that attitude? No. Hey, we don't say that bad word, right? As the kids come home and they pull out, you know, junk from, from school or friends. Hey, no, that is not, that is not the real you. That is not who God made you to be. That attitude is not of God, right? I'm teaching my children. I'll chasten them because I don't want them to grow up to be brats. I don't want them to grow up to be rebellious. I don't want them to grow up to be violent and mean and selfish and greedy. No, I, when I see those things, I'll say, hey, listen, girl, Boy, I love you. That's not how we act in this home, right? I bring them back to who they are in the spirit. Man, this has been an amazing, you know, as God's been teaching me how, how he sees me, right? Who he sees me as. He doesn't see my flesh. He sees who I am in the spirit. He, when he looks at you, guess what he sees? He sees the fullness of the Godhead bodily living within you. He sees the perfect Jesus. Oh, so powerful. So when I look at my children, I, and I, my daughter's name is Eliana, my son's Michael, I'll say, Eliana, listen, that's not the real you. The real you is sweet and kind. You have the love of Jesus inside of your heart. You don't kick the dog. You don't bite your brother. <laughs> Amen. You don't, dis- you, don't, you, don't, you don't lie to your mom. That's not the real you. And so when we, when we understand that, that when, when, we, when God looks at us, he sees his spirit within us. It's absolutely powerful. So that then, when the enemy tries to lie and tell us something, we can say, wait a minute, no, that's not me. That's not the real me. I don't, I, that, that's not who I am. I know my God. My God is a good father. My God is the lover of my heart. He only has good things for me. When you start to realize and grow in these, it absolutely starts changing your approach to God. Now you want to have intimacy with him. This is the whole reason that he died. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God who is faithful, who called us into fellowship, who called us into relationship with his dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He said he called us into and when you study it, it talks about relationship. It's talking about a fellowship, a brotherhood, an intimacy, right? A partnership. He didn't call us to be like, all right, I saved you. Now get to church and get to work. That's not what he did. And hey, if you mess up, I'm going to show you. I'm going to chasten you. It's really interesting because, you know, when we were, um, 
when we were in Russia and as, as you as we studied the different words, we would talk about God chastening. And the Russian people just had this really hard, difficult understanding that, you know, God, you know, no, God is a punisher because in their Bible, it was that whom God loves, he beats. Now I'm just telling you right now, God is not out to beat you, bruise you, bloody you up, break a rib so that you get the point. That's not, that's not, that's not our God. He's so full of love. He's so full of grace. He's so full of compassion. He says, my mercies, they never fail. He says, daily are my benefits. I love Psalms uh, 103. It says, daily are his benefits. Rejoice on my soul. He's talking about the goodness and the blessings of God towards us. Right? And so when God, when God, when I started to see how these, all these dynamics that God was, God was teaching me and coaching me, not through hardship. He wasn't trying to bring harm on me to teach me something. He wasn't causing my sister to get an incurable disease so that I would choose to follow him or serve him. God didn't do that. That was the enemy. And because we recognized it as an enemy, even as an early age, man, we were able to rebuke that. We started speaking divine miracles and wisdom and health and healing into her body, into the situation. And we said, you know what? We're going to, and I said this in, in lesson three about being a conqueror. We're going to be not just conquerors. We're going to be more than conquerors. There's not going to just be a healing. There's going to be a super testimony of God's goodness because he loves us because I know he's a good God. And you know what? We saw miracles in that. She had a rare disease called aplastic anemia. And so this is where your bone marrow starts to die inside. And, um, she was basically getting all these massive bruises all over her body because she, her platelets were dying. And so they said, well, she's going to have to have a bone marrow transplant. And you know, this is what, um, Goodness, this is 30 years ago, right? So bone marrow transplants were, were a thing, but they weren't as, as even as popular or readily available like they are today in all the research. And so they said, you know, normally what happens is that a, a person in your family, that's the best option to find a, a close of match as possible. And they talked and they had all these things and all this science about, you know, a match had to be at least, you know, so many strands of DNA had to match to be able to compatible to basically because what the bone marrow does is it is what makes new blood within your body. So her bone marrow has died so that her blood, her, her body stopped producing that new blood that needed to flow. And so we had all the science. And so basically if we can get at least this many strands, you know, at the very minimum. So they tested, and there were six of us kids. I was the oldest of six. And so they tested all of us. And miracles of miracles. And again, we're, we're declaring the goodness of God over her. We're declaring the healing power of God. We're declaring there's going to be signs, wonders, miracles, favors, and testimonies, right? So all of us, even as a little kid, I'm like 10 years old at this time. Um, I, uh, so me and uh, two other sisters, but including uh, my, six, my sister who was sick and one, my littlest brother, uh, we all matched. And not only did we match the very basic minimum that we had to, we all matched the maximum amount of, of, of DNA that you could possibly match to be a donor. We were just, we were basically four perfect matches. The doctor's like, he, and, and they said, we have never, ever seen so many members of a family have such matches. They said, you've made medical history. 
See, we weren't just going to be conquerors. We were going to be more than conquerors because we knew our God was good. Right? See, what happens is when you know that the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, you say, you know what, devil? You're, you're trying and you're going to lose. And not only going to you lose, you're going to lose sevenfold. Anything you try to steal, you have to return back to me sevenfold. Right? And so I was her bone marrow donor. So they took my bone marrow, put it in her body. And uh, it totally, you know, it was miraculous, you know, how that whole thing works. My bone marrow, they just basically put into her like a blood transfusion and it got into her bones and it relaunched and started creating new blood. And she's amazing now. I always tell her she's amazing because she's got my blood in her butt. You know, she doesn't believe that. But, you know, it's just this, this dynamic of just like, you know what, we're going to have this testimony. We're going to be more than conquerors. And so when you understand that the, the goodness of God, so as I was going through this journey of just understanding God, man, I started to see these miracles, even as a little girl, that God is good. And as I started studying and I really got into studying God's word, the thing is, and, and I'm going to encourage you to do this, you know, you look in the word and it talks about all these names of God. And this is what I love because God is constantly revealing his character through the word. He's, he's revealing that he is, you know, he is God. Right? I'm going to give you a couple, a couple of these uh, definitions of God. We, we've heard them before. Um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, our banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. healer. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, our peace. Jehovah Tzidkanu, the Lord God, our righteousness. Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord God who sanctifies. Right? And you go through all of this stuff. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord God is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present. You look at all these things, man, as I started studying these, oh my gosh. I just, I taught a whole series on it when I was in Russia here in Bible school. When you look at these names of God, right? When you go through all of these names, guess what? There are scriptures that declare all of these promises. I used to tell the students, I said, listen, I want you to go and find five scriptures to every one of these names. And they would come back with all of these scriptures because here's the deal. God speaks only out of who he is. He only can truly give you a promise out of his nature. So when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, that's a promise of God. It's because he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who's always present. He said, I can't, I can't not be present. That's who I am. So I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you no matter what you do. He says, listen, I have become the Lord God, your righteousness. So what is this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21? The Lord Jesus became our righteousness for us in Christ Jesus. Right? He became, he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is because he is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord God, our righteousness. He said, listen, when I came to live in you, I took your sin and I became your righteousness. So when it says that by his stripes, we are healed. I have taken your iniquities and your chastisement of your sin. And by my stripes, you are healed. That is because he is Jehovah Rapha. And so what I want to share with you is when you understand the goodness and the nature of God, it's not just being able to rebuke the enemy. 
It's about this revelation of who he is within you. It's not just saying, oh yeah, I know God, hallelujah. Oh yeah, he's good. No, I'm talking about this intimacy with, I don't just know that he's good. I understand his fullness, right? If you can say this, I understand the fullness of God lives within me. So that means Jehovah Jireh. Provision lives within you. You're not just trying to, oh God, please, please, please pay this bill. All of a sudden you start to rise up and say, God, I know who you are. You are provision. You are the man, the provision, the person of provision. This is who you are. So you live within me. Man, that's, that's a whole other level of, you know what? These bills, God, these are your bills. You're going to take care of them. Hallelujah. When you start to realize, you know what? I don't have to feel lonely. I don't have to feel depressed. I don't have to feel discouraged. I don't have to feel like there's no one who understands me. Because the Lord God, the Lord Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who's present, lives within me. I'm never alone. I never have to be depressed. I never have to be discouraged. Jehovah Rapha. This is, I love this boy. This changed my life. I believed in healing. I believed that God was able. You know, you read the verse about the man with leprosy. He said, Lord, are, if, you are, if you are able and if you are willing, can you make me clean? And Jesus said, I am willing and reached out his hand and cleansed him. So I, I, I think that's a major revelation. God's not only able, because I knew for a long time that God was able. He's God, right? But was he willing question mark. See, we get this whole thing of like, is he willing? Is he in a good mood? Have I done enough? Uh, uh, you know, I could probably read some more, pray some more. I could probably have a better attitude. You know, is he willing? And I know God's able, but is he willing? And so even, even while I was, even these first, the first couple of years I was in ministry, even in Bible school, man, I believed in an almighty God and man, I would pray for people, but I was always kind of like, well, is, is, is he willing today? Have I been spiritual enough today? And then God just gave me this revelation. It was probably maybe within that first year, maybe two years when I was in Russia as a missionary. I was just a baby. I was 21 years old, 21, 22. And I got this revelation. And I was doing this study on on the nature of God, right? And I was going through, and it was just like all of a sudden, God was just speaking to me. He's like, Carrie, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, the healer. The Lord God who heals. Not just the one who heals, but I'm the very person of healing. And then it was like the Lord said, Carrie, if that's who I am, and I just want to speak to you right now, and I really want you to get this. This absolutely is a tremendous revelation. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, the healer. Not just some God who heals. His very nature, his very person is the person of healing. So when he comes to live within you, to make his home within you, when you invite Jesus to come live within your heart, who just came to live within your heart? Say it. Who who just came to live within your heart? Healing. The person, the very nature of healing itself now lives with inside of you. Do you see why the enemy so aggressively tries to attack you with sickness. Do you know what that is why he aggressively is trying to take millions of Christians to hell with sickness as well as the lost? 
because he doesn't want us to understand truly who lives with inside of us. And all of a sudden, when I got this revelation that the healer lived inside of me, man, it's like, it's like, wow, I am wall to wall, top to bottom, inside, outside. I am filled with healing. Just look at your hands and just be like, man, there's, there's not just blood and bones in here. There's not just tissue in this body. The person of healing lives within this body. And that's why, that's why I can lay my hands on the sick and they are recover because it's not my hands. It's the healer inside of me. It's the healer inside of you. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful. We're running out of time. So this is, this is what happened. I would constantly look out and I would get this symptom. I would get this sickness inside of my body and I would be like, oh Lord, I just have this sickness inside of me and I just feel full of sickness. Have you ever felt just full of sickness? aches and pains and just uh, and just cough and sneeze and he just felt just like garbage right and he's like oh lord and you're trying to get this healing to come down you're trying to pray and intercede and fast and believe and 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 get this healing inside of you right and something changed all of a sudden i realized wait a minute i'm not this i'm not full of sickness and I'm full of Rafa. I'm full of the healer himself, Jehovah Rafa. I am the healed. That sickness tries to invade my body. Sickness is trying to invade your body right now. But listen, you are filled with the healer. You're filled with the nature of healing itself. And so when sickness tries to come against you, it's not trying to get God to heal us. Instead, we come from a totally different revelation and we say, I rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. It has no room. It has no place inside of this body. Oh, wow. It's a whole, it's a whole different way that you rebuke and fight and see sickness. And so when my kids get sick, I just say, listen, Devil, there's no room in my daughter's body. There's no room in my husband's body. We do not have room for sickness. There's no place. We are full of the spirit of God. We are full of the healing power of God. Not just the healing power of God. We're full of the healer himself. So we rebuke this sickness. And if it comes trying to knock against my body and symptoms again, I rebuke you again because there is no room for you in Jesus name. Man, this is absolutely powerful. When we realize this, it's not, well, maybe God's trying to teach me something. He would not himself as the healer live inside of you and then do opposite of his nature. He would never put sickness or harm you or harm your children or harm your loved ones. It's not who he is. I believe that this, I believe this, this teaching right now is changing people's lives. You've just even if you haven't believed the outright lie that God is bad, you've been complacent and kind of passive of like, oh, well, you know, I'm full of sickness. I'm trying to get it out. I'm trying to receive my healing. I just believe right now that this revelation is changing your life. You realize, wait a minute. I know he's a good God. He would never, ever harm me. He would never use anything of the enemy to try to teach me a lesson. He would never do anything opposite of his nature. I'm excited that you heard this message today. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do in the notes, 
Look at these notes. Look at these scriptures. Start declaring over your body. Start declaring over your life. This is who God is. This is who I am. I'm going to have some other healing verses in there. I want you to, I want you to speak over your life. Speak over your body these things. If you're in a group setting, I want you to minister these scriptures to each other. Meditate. This is not a one-time 50-minute lesson that you're going to take. This needs to be something that you speak to yourself. Even when you're healthy, boy, man, you prepare for times of war and times of peace. You may be sitting there and saying, well, I don't have any sickness in my body, so this really doesn't mean anything to me. It better mean something to you. So if the enemy ever tries to come knock on your door, you're able to say, no, 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 no. This is where healing lives. This is, wait a minute, I know who my God is. So you need to have these revelations inside of you right now because the enemy, he will try to come steal, kill, and destroy. I'm not, and I, please understand, I'm not prophesying sickness over you. I'm just saying that the enemy, when he sees you walking in the goodness of God, he's going to throw temptation. He's going to throw attacks out. Guess what? They'll fall at your feet every single time because what it's going to hit is going to hit that revelation. It's going to hit that identity you have in Christ Jesus. Like, I know who I am because you know how I know who I am? I know who he is within me. So I'm going to just close in prayer for you. And I just want to pray over you that just, if you have had, if you had any lie that has tried to seed its way and create this system, this grid of, well, you just never know what God's going to do. And he's strict and he's harsh and he's punishing and he uses whatever means he can to teach me because I'm so stubborn and hard headed. I just say right now, we just rebuke those lies in Jesus name. And I just believe that you are seeing this and you're realizing, you know what? God loves me and he would only have plans to prosper me, to give me a future and a hope. So right now, I just, Lord, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. Whether they're watching individually, if they're watching as a group, if they're sharing it with their friends and family. Lord, I just thank you that right now, no matter what kind of relationship they had with an earthly father or an earthly authority figure, Lord, I thank you that they see you for who you are, not through the lens of any past experience or any past relationship. But Father, right now they are seeing you for who you are, that they understand that you love them and that you said, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, not anybody else of your life, not any doctor, not any, anybody else saying that you are always going to be sick. You're always going to be like this. It's the way you were born. It's the way you'll always be. No, it says, I have plans for you, declares the Lord. And those plans are to prosper you, never to harm you, to give you a hope and give you a future. And the hope in the future is above all, immeasurably above all that we could ask or think according to his power at work within your life. So right now, I just declare over every person that they would say, Lord, I reject, I re rebuke any lie that says I deserve this, I earn this through whether my past or my bad attitude or my lack of maturity. Lord, I would just rebuke those lies that people are thinking, well, I deserve this. It's just the way it's gonna be. It's the way it's gonna be for a long time. No, Lord, you live within them. Jehovah Rapha, you live within them. The healer lives within each person watching this right now. So we declare that they are filled with healing. Any symptom, any sickness, any disease that's trying to come against them, we would just rebuke this right now. And we say, you have to go. There is no room for you. 
<laughs> there is no room for you in this body, in this heart, in this brain, in any of their blood systems, in any of their organs, in any of, in, on their skin, in their eyesight, their ear side, their vocal cords. We just speak to these things. There is no room for sickness right now. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. We are filled with the healing power of God. We just declare this. Lord, I just thank you for this. Woo! You are a good God. You only do good. And Lord, I just thank you that you are always good. Always good. We love you. We bless you. Lord, we rejoice in you right now. We thank you for this time together. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you bring these words, these scriptures, the things that you spoke during this time, that you'd bring it back to their remembrance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That'll fire you up. <laughs> As Andrew says, if that don't fire you up, your wood's wet. <laughs> so... Anything, Barbara, you was writing over there. <laughs> was God talking to you? <laughs> yeah, I was writing on things that oh, she's okay. saying that yeah. triggered with me. Yeah. Anything you want to share? Mm -hmm. Anything you want to share? <laughs> Any revelation you got? You don't have to share what you wrote. Just <laughs> Okay, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Can I give a testimony? Sure. Sure. So, you know, we overcome by the word of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's Revelation 12 20. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we've been listening to to these healing scriptures and, and the teachings. Uh, I've been teaching on prayer, and last Wednesday mm -hmm. I had y'all pray for me on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. Well, just a little bit of a background, uh, back at Christmas, I got COVID. And from that point on, I had acid reflux, mm -hmm. just really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And um, I would get sore throat, I was raspy, I had all these different issues. Well, um, you know, I just, I was praying, I was believing, and <coughs> the sore throat would go away, I would, but then it would come back. It would go away and come back. Well, um, you know, I just felt led to have y'all pray for me. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, we've been taking in all these scriptures, so I, I just had, had just been meditating on, on what we've been taught. And, um, you know, y'all prayed for me. We left last Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And um, Thursday, you can ask Heather, we went and ate. And I was like, this is the best I have felt in forever. And Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I mean, even today, I don't, I've not had a sore throat. I've not had any issues with mm -hmm. things trying to come back on me yeah. or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the Lord just, you know, put it on my heart that, you know, when we put his word to work, mm -hmm. and we have people that agree with us. Yeah. See, I think a lot of times, you know, it's just like the the father that you know his his daughter was was at the point of death, mm -hmm. and he said, "Help my faith." Mm -hmm. He said, "Help my faith." 
Yeah, I think that a lot of times we need people. That's why church is so important. That's why having you know people that you can call and you can pray yeah. with that are not going to go, well, I, you know, <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be yeah. bad. What does the doctor what? say? Yeah. What's the doctor yeah. say? Yeah. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But do you know that, um, yeah. you know, because when I went to the doctor, yeah. he said, oh, yeah, that's long COVID. And I went, oh, I did not know that. And, you know, and some people have it, some people don't. But, you know, one of the things that I kept thinking about was, you know, if you have something that you've been struggling with, Mm -hmm. you need people to agree with you. And and I I encourage you that if you've been dealing with something, you know, that you find people Mm -hmm. that, that, that believe this, yeah. That will help agree with you. Don't go find somebody who's going to commiserate with you. Go find somebody who's going to agree with you. Right? right. Yes. Because if you're sitting there going, you know what? Help my faith. Yeah. You know, and I, I believe God for lots of things in my life, but I still get my wife and I still get other people to pray for me sure. because I believe sure. that. I believe that the. I mean, in Matthew, no, it's in Luke. It says that that. If any two shall agree on earth, that it shall be done for them mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. That means when we're agreeing, means you're bringing heaven. Yeah. Is anybody sick in heaven? No. no. Nobody's no. sick in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know that the situation that that was Old Testament. Mm-hmm. You know Jesus was telling this to people who were Old Testament mm-hmm. covenant. Mm-hmm. That means that now, because Jesus is on the inside of us. He's brought heaven into, into us. us. Mm-hmm. So now we get to bring heaven into the situation, right? Amen. So I just, I, I think I think it's important. I, I give that testimony Good. because not going, oh, I got my healing, guys. Y'all just, <laughs> y'all go home, you know. But, yeah. but if there's a problem, if you're having issues, yeah. Yeah. you know, get people to agree with you. Amen. Yeah. 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 Well, a few months ago, I could barely walk, and today, I am walking just fine without any problems. I went and picked my medicine up today, and uh, I had two little pills, two little pill bottles out of, used to be six or eight, and now I brought home two little pill bottles. And that was just so exciting. That is a huge testimony. Amen. Amen. And I'm wearing close-toed shoes. Look at That's you. almost oh, impossible. Look at you. She had neuropathy. Yeah, yeah. And it's going away. It's yes, going to be gone. Yes, it is. It's gone. Because it is already healed. already healed. Yes, already you are healed. Right. You God. are healed. And I believe, Miss Brenda, that we prayed for, prayed for last week. She was yeah. at church Sunday. She was healed. Praise God. She was. Good. Well, so you had asked if I had a revelation. Yeah. And it's not really like a revelation. I think it's more of a reminder. Yeah. Because... You know, we know scripture, yeah. we hear scripture, but sometimes we just forget. Yeah. So when she was saying the healer lives in us, he would never do anything opposite of his nature. Yeah. All I could, like what I got out of that was when the Lord was saying, when they said, oh, he's of the enemy, the enemy, and he's like, a house divided yeah. cannot stand. Right. And that's what I wrote down because I'm like, duh. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. T- yeah. the God is not going to do opposite of His nature. That's right. Yeah, 
So for me, it's like you really have to get it in you that you are healed. Yes. That he is in you and you are healed. Yes. Yes. So, and how do you get it in? Through the word? And knowing that you're born again? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know, there was a few years back I had, um, was having problems with my foot and stuff, and I was, I, they were told I had the um, plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. And at that time, <clears throat> I was reading healing scriptures over, like, there was a thing I had, and I was just reading mm -hmm. all these different things. It wasn't all healing necessarily, mm -hmm. but, and I was reading them every day. And I'd go off about my day, and it was funny because I, he told me I was in the bad stage. So I'd gone to this doctor, they, he put me in a boot. Yeah. And told me, literally, do not take this boot. If you get up out of bed to walk to the bathroom, you put that boot on. Literally, do not walk. Mm -hmm without this boot. And I remember in my head going, this is the therapy. Because in my head, I've heard people, sure. like these, the, the shots, the yeah. cortisone shot. So in my head, not that I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I did get one, didn't like it, it actually did worse. But in my head, I'm like going, really? This is okay. But I didn't dwell on it. I just did what he told me because I'm that person. And, um, and I don't remember how long I was in this boot, but it was pretty long. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and I don't, you know, part of me feels like, well, I don't know if it worked because he did it or if it worked just because at that time I was speaking these things over myself yeah. Yeah. every day. But it went away. And I was meeting people with friends of mine on Facebook would send notices on, like somebody else had plantar fasciitis yeah. later and yeah. they were looking for advice. Yeah. And I'm like, Go get a boot. <laughs> Mike put me in a boot for this man. <laughs> and I don't know that I even shared that with them, but I, I probably did. But then there's other times I get something and I, I'm so busy and I know this is the enemy trying to keep me so I'm not speaking over myself. I'll speak it at a moment when I'm in severe pain about something. But, then I'm, but I'm not speaking over daily. I'm not renewing my mind daily over it or in the moment. And those are times where I'm feeling I'm struggling. I'm not, I'm not feeling the, the whole feels, I'm not feeling it. But, so it was just, I don't know, something triggered with me when she said it. Yeah. So, I just feel like it's a good reminder for me. You know? Good. Right. I don't like our feelings. Because I know. Yeah. Like, you know what you're saying, but, Am I really believing in it? You know? Because yeah. I think we do let our souls kind of dictate a little bit yeah. if we're not speaking the word over us. Learning to live from our spirit out mm -hmm. rather than outside right. in. It's from the inside out. Yes. So, you know, the, the scripture, John 10.10, 10, mm -hmm. it says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Well, I've taught on this before in John 10, 1, it says, Most assuredly I say unto you, he who does not enter into the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is the thief and a robber. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, Satan is a thief and he is a robber. Mm -hmm. 
But a lot of times we rob ourselves yeah. because we don't we don't enter in through Jesus. What we do is we we take something that like I didn't feel it today. You know, kind of like what you were saying today. I didn't feel it right, so I'm not gonna believe it. I'm not gonna stand on it. I'm not gonna act on it. So that in a lot of ways we we tend to become that that thief. Mm-hmm. Of our own, of, our, of the salvation that was given unto us, mm-hmm. right? We will we'll deny it. We'll, yeah. we'll say, okay, well, I'm, I need to go get it somewhere except going through Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the door, right? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of times we, we need to understand, yeah, Satan's trying to steal from us. But we're also trying to steal from us. We rob ourselves a lot. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. I like that. Very good. So there's, here's another thing that... So in February, I was supposed to have knee... I was mm-hmm. going to have knee replacement. So shortly after I moved here, I had I told I didn't have cartilage in my knee. And miraculously, I really don't suffer like what people would think I would. But now I've been told that so before Christmas, I have been, I had it in my mind that I was going to go to the doctor to see what they had to say, and I was going to decide from there. That was my plan. Ironically, I met with a friend before Christmas. They exchanged gifts, and she gave me this calendar. And on the front of it, and it was Jeremiah 29 11. Mm-hmm. Didn't really hit me. So when John Fon's class came, mm-hmm. There was a gentleman, that, a young guy that got up and brought up 2911. Now this was probably, this was in January. Mm-hmm. And um, it triggered with me because I was in a small group at one time with Sarah Ralph who was having us write on little cards, verses, and I wrote that down. And for some reason I remembered that I had wrote it down so it triggered something in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, and ever since then, Every time I turn around, and this is weekly, <laughs> the Lord puts Jeremiah twenty nine eleven in front of me. Somehow, some way, whether it be Facebook, whether it be somebody just sent something, whether they put it on this, and it has been. And ask Kelly. I'm like, I've literally been like, this is. He's trying to tell me something. I haven't figured it out. And he's telling you that his plans for you are good. <laughs> well, and it's. It was funny because when I seen this, I circled it, yeah. going, there it is again. <laughs> but when I got the thing in, in December, I didn't realize it. Like, I'd read it, yeah. and it's a calendar, so you open it up, you don't look at it again. Yeah. But one day, I um, just happened to close it or something, and I went, whoa, <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm like, he gave that to me before I started yeah. seeing it and realizing it. Yeah. And so I've been trying to figure out, like, the whole purpose. You know, I mean, I get the verse. Yeah. yeah. But he keeps throwing it in there, and I've just been, I haven't had an answer. And I don't know that I still have an answer, but hearing her talk today kind of gave me a different view on it. Mm. So I I don't believe he's going to stop putting this in front of me, by the way. But, right, right. I mean, but I need to know it. I need to see it. And 
Um, so I don't know where I go with this, but from there, but it's just it's it's interesting, and I listening. I almost want to listen to it again, but I mean, he doesn't have evil for us. He doesn't have. So I have to believe, and I don't know that it has anything to do with my knee. I just know I'm on some sort of healing, which is why I'm in this class. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's got, he's definitely working with me. And it may be renewing on my mind. And maybe this verse is a huge thing for me that I need to just ponder. But I now have that little card in front of me at my desk every day. Well, do you believe it? Yeah. Do you believe it? Some days. I mean, maybe that's what he's trying yeah. to tell you. You need to believe it. Apply. Yeah. And, and I have thing, other things that are going on, which is why the whole prosper, you know, just things that work, I'm feeling, you know, really, you know, there's just, I'm in a bad place at work right now. I'm just, mentally, I can't, I feel like I have no life. I feel, that's all I do is work. And I know that's not his plan for me. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying, but Lord, it's been 13 years. Like, I, since they moved me here, I'm here for a reason. But I hate, I love what I do, but I no longer enjoy what I do. I don't enjoy the job anymore because it's become my life. So I, I'm going to, so Jeremiah 29, 11, everybody loves Jeremiah 29, 11. They say it all the time. Most people don't know anything but Jeremiah 29, 11. The whole chapter. Yeah. You know, so, but Jeremiah 29 mm -hmm. is about Israel being in Babylon. They're in captivity, <coughs> right? And this is the point that God was making with Jeremiah 29, 11. Is in Jeremiah 29, 4. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who carried away by captivity, whom I have caused to be carried away. So he, they had done wrong, right? And, and he told, kept telling them, through Jeremiah and all of them, yeah, don't do it, them. right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and he said, he said, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and begot sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give them to your daughters, your, you know, give daughters to their husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may increase there and not diminish. It says, and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away and the prayer of the Lord for it, for it is the peace you will have in captivity. Mm -hmm. See, one of the things I want you to understand is that Jeremiah 29 11 for you is to understand Jeremiah 29 4. Because you need to understand that in the things that you hate, because you feel like I'm caught in them, mm -hmm. I'm captive, mm -hmm. that God says, hey, I'm going to make gardens, and I'm going to make houses, yeah. and I'm going to make goodness, and there's going to be life that's going to come from them. Mm -hmm. And see, Jeremiah 29, 11 is not... But see, this is the thing. He says, take it. See, right now you see it as captivity and it's a jail cell to you. But God says, make it and take it. 
He is going to provide life and goodness in the midst of what you consider to be Babylon. And what he's trying to say to you is that, is that he has good plans for you, plans to prosper you, even if you feel like you're in captivity. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 is just one scripture, but the context is king here because there are things that you believe that you can't get out of. And God's going, I want you to have goodness. I want you to have houses. I want you to have multiplication. You're going to have, you know, all the good things that I have for you. See, you believe you're caught and that you can't be let go. God's saying, you have goodness in the midst of anywhere you're at. You know, we can be in the midst of a communist country. We can have everything that's going to hell in a handbasket. And you know what? We can still prosper because God is our God. There are people in Muslim countries that are, that are being persecuted because they've accepted Jesus. And you know what? They are prospering. And they're in captivity more than we ever will know. That's right. But see, this is the thing, is that yeah. if there's ever a scripture God ever gives you, go back and read yeah. the context yeah. because God is trying to give you goodness. Mm-hmm. He's got good stuff for you, even where you're at. See, you're looking for God to take you out of your captivity, and he's going, hey, you're going to have goodness in the midst of everything that you live in right now. Yeah. See, you've got to see your promise. And you got to get beyond the, I'm in a jail cell. God has good for you. And see, it has nothing to do with your placement, whether you're in Israel or Babylon. God has goodness for you where you're at. Amen. 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 It's not your placement, it's your identity. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you. Because I really, that helped me. Because I've been sitting here going, Lord, there's more to the, like, you know what the verse says. Yeah. But it, I didn't know how to put it, like, what is it for me? Yeah. Why, and, he, and literally, like, it is multiple times throughout the week that I, it will just pop up somewhere, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. never in my life ever had a verse just so prominently just keep coming at me, keep coming at me. I'm like, there's a reason for this. Yeah, yeah. There is a reason. Because you're blessed in the midst of hell. He loves you yeah. enough to put it in front of your face that often. That's amazing. That's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with work right now, that is a great description. Yeah. And I don't think I was willing to admit that. Yeah. When you get up tomorrow, just look at it differently. When you sit down at your desk, just say, it's going to be a God day today. You know, in the midst of the midst of hell, I, I, the job that I'm currently in, years ago, there was all these people that didn't like what I did. I was a cybersecurity guy. I told everybody no. <laughs> right? So, I mean, this was the problem that I had, was that I couldn't get anybody on my side. The only thing I had on my side was standards, and they dictated everything. And you know that one of the things that the Lord told me, he goes, he goes, you're blessed in the midst of when people don't like you. You're blessed in the midst of times where, where you don't even see a friend. 
you know, what was funny is that he would open up opportunities. And I would be sitting there talking to somebody, and they would go, you just hate us. <laughs> and I would go, no, I don't hate you. You know, and one of the things that there was a, a manager, he looked at me one day, and he said, he said, if I could just get you to understand our, our part. You know what happened is I went and started mending fences where there was no fences. I mean, we literally are talking about the midst of everybody hated me. You know, one of the things that I went through, and I just started asking them, what's the biggest problems? I started looking for, for how, how, do, how do me and you have a relationship that's not around yes and no, around your work? Because work is work, okay? Work is work. Uh, but let me tell you, relationship mm -hmm. is what you need to build. Do you understand that in verse 4 through verse um, verse 7, he is talking about building relationships and community? Do you know that in the middle of Babylon, their prison, where they were being cast out, that they were, he's saying, you have the ability to have community. See, work is, it's work. <laughs> I love that face. <laughs> but, but let me tell you, you can have relationships in the midst of work where it's like, this is contentious, but I love you. You know, it's kind of funny is that I've had people in the last probably three or four <clears throat> years go, you know, Dusty, I don't like what you just said, but I know you love me. See, if you can have, if you can have a relationship with people, then your prison no longer becomes your prison. It becomes your world that you get to change. You know, God created you to be the change in your world. Absolutely. Be the change you want to see. Be the change you want to see. It's everywhere. There's more things to change than you can see. Change. <laughs> see. Oh, yeah. 2007, I went to, uh, 1999, I went to work for AmSouth Bank. It was the best job I'd ever had in my whole life. God put me there, literally. I'm a graphic artist. There was no reason for me to work at a bank. God put me there. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. In 2007, AmSouth and Regents Bank yeah. merged. And it was a nightmare. Oh, I knew it changed. <laughs> I was terrified because I loved this job and these people so much. And two, I thought, am I going to lose my job? And one day I just told myself, uh, you know, praying, you know, God, I want to be the change that I want to see, mm -hmm. you know. And there was a lady that was working with me that they came in from regions. She was very, very difficult. And she was difficult on purpose, very difficult. She didn't like me. She and I were the different colors. And she was determined she was going to hate my guts. And I said, God, make this woman love me because I'm going to love her. Yeah. You know, we're best friends. <laughs> and she and I are so opposite and different. And she can be mean. Oh, my goodness, this woman can be mean. 
that she would fight for me in a heartbeat. But that was God yeah. that made us love each other. And now she's moved to Florida, and we still talk every oh, day. Wow, that's good. Wow. So that's a good God can change that. Yeah. But it's God. It can't be. It wasn't me, that's for sure. Because yeah. Yeah. I just wanted her to go away. <laughs> I wanted this woman to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barry's gone through a lot of that, about um, different mergers and different companies buying them out and they spun Residio off of Honeywell and it's just you know but of course fortunately he got to retire recently but he was he was like he was trapped he said I'm too old to change jobs you know what do I do I'm almost at retirement and what do I do and um, he he walked through some some dark couple of years where they just micromanage you down to the point that you can't do your job because of all these other things that they want you to do that it's not your job, it's just to keep them so they can see all your numbers and all that. And so he just, he, Pastor Mark gave a message that just turned him around completely in his thinking about his job and how he had to, he, it didn't matter what was going on there. He had to think differently. <coughs> and he did, and his last two years were were totally different than his five before. Praise God. But um, but it it came from he had to think differently <coughs> and not see his job as a burden, but see his job as a blessing because it was supporting our family, you know, and um, just trust in God rather than himself and his ability. Yesterday was my 23 year anniversary mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. And it's just, they literally took, so since they moved me here, they literally took my position out of all of our 14 offices. So there was 14 of me mm -hmm. in one of each office and they centralized here. And down to five people. So for 13 years, we feel as a team, we're burnt out. Yeah. We're yeah. we're feeling unappreciated. We're f yeah. We've been asking for help. It's 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 a lot. Mm -hmm. So I work well over 40 hours a week. Like I will be going home tonight to work. Oh. I'll probably be up till 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to quit work and be done with work. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. But I was talking to a coworker today, and the, you know, she just kept talking. To, I guess I'm an optimist, but how, you know, you get the talk about if you got hit by a truck tomorrow and you're gone, they're gonna, you know, they don't care about you. Like our work doesn't care about us. I don't want to believe that, okay. and I don't know that I. I to be honest, I don't know that I feel that. Yeah. Sometimes I do from a corporate standpoint, but I have relationships with certain people yeah. there where I do believe they do care. Sure. I don't know that they... They, have, they just haven't made a fix. Yeah. And it's sad to know that we have an entire... We have... I mean, they're lucky they've kept us... With, Lord bless us that we have people that have not quit. Yeah. That are core people that have been there and have been there. But yeah, it's 
Let's go Let's go That's how I feel. I feel like I'm in a... But that'll help me kind of maybe refocus my thoughts. I mean, I try. I wake up every morning. Right? Sure. This week we have two people gone, so we're down to three working. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. And I, I, and, you know, I keep telling myself, no, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Yeah. And the enemy makes it all bad. <laughs> and I'm like going, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you, lovingly and tenderly. You know, Philippians 4.19 says that he's going to supply all your needs according yeah. to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then Philippians 4.13, if you decide to go back to you, then it's, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Yeah. You know that, that if, if you feel stuck, then he's saying, hey, I'm going to supply your need. Yeah. You know that, that sometimes we just don't ask, and he said, knock and the door should be open, seeking you'll find. Mm -hmm. You know that if we, if we, if we get so focused on the things that are coming about us. In fact, Philippians, Philippians 4, I think, is a, go, go read all of Philippians 4. Like I think the Lord just said, tell her to read Philippians 4. Because it's going to talk about peace. It's going to talk about that you can do it. And it's going to talk about that He supplies your needs. You know that at the end of all this, you're going to be sitting there God's going to open up doors of opportunity yes. for you. He's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Say, He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yes, he's going to do it. yes, He is. Say, He's bringing about all of my needs. He's bringing about all my needs. Yes. You know what? This is something you need to look at yourself in the mirror every single day. I, I, used, to, I used to do it and I still do it every single day. I look at myself and I said, I am health. I say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am the head, not the tail. I am only and not beneath. You know, the thing is, is that you need to believe it and speak it. It's funny that you brought those verses up because I think those were some of the verses that I was saying over myself when I was had the plantar fasciitis. I think those, I don't remember why I was reading them, but every day I was reading those, and those were some of them that were, that were, but at that time I was reading them every single day, and that's a big part of my problem is I'm so tired all the time and I've stopped. Put you I'll, audio. I'll speak it here and there, audio. <laughs> you know, and then you just forget, you get busy, you get, yeah. Well, you got to get your butt out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Get your everybody, oh, butt. Your butt. Yeah. Everybody has a butt and it stinks. I can do that, you but know, you know that I can do that, but whenever you say something, I can do that, and you go, but oh, I believe the word, but, but. get your butt get out of the way. That's right. You got to get it out of the way because it's going to stink. It's going to stink. Whatever you say, say in the middle of the night here, you get your bell away because it's going to stink. <laughs> you 
it works. works. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but it's it's yeah. the truth. Yeah, you know, did you teach him that? Yeah, what you believe? It's not for the butt. What you believe is behind the butt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you really believe. Yeah, that's what you really believe, and what's behind the butt. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. Oh, Lord, get my families up there. Put that on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm good. Good. Someone else is doing that. I'm good. Good. You know, go at them and say no and myself. But there's no condemnation in that either. Let, let God show you His plan. Yeah, God. <laughs> well, we can do it. Let go. Let God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here, let go. Because, because we tend to think, we tend to think, oh, well, I'm the one goal. that's missing it, and then the enemy starts with a condemnation. So don't let him. He's got on a journey of my new mantra this year is let it go. So it's really been funny because I um, literally ask her, I've been all over it. And I. I mean, I have a lot of growth in these last 13 years. Even people at work have noticed it. So I, I know he's doing new work. Here's what we're going to do. But Let's get I've got this button yeah. that says, I've got the, the, what's her name, Elsa? Yeah, let it go, let yeah. it go. I had a friend buy me the dog. 